again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. I speak to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Perhaps at certain times in your life you turn towards writers who recenter you or, or comfort you with their familiar words. You find that you are able to look at your current circumstances in a new light. And for me, C.S. Lewis is that kind of writer and theologian. And during the season of Lent, where we are called to return, repent, and remember who we belong to, I found myself longing for the pages of one of my favorites from Lewis, The Great Divorce. At the 8 o'clock service, I had a lot of, y'all are doing that too, yeah, <laughs> it's good. As he writes in the preface of the book, you cannot take all the luggage with you on all journeys. On one journey, even your right hand and your right eye may be among the things you have to leave behind. As the story begins, we get in line with our unnamed narrator to join other restless souls as they unhappily clump around a bus stop and wait unsure of where they might be going or, or even if a bus will arrive. It is unclear if everyone is willing to abandon the drab, colorless town with all its long, mean streets that never seem to lead to a better part of town. Buildings with no windows, stations without trains, a place of perpetual rain at early twilight. And as they cling to their bit of pavement at the bus stop, folks quibble over small things, trying to distance themselves from those they find inferior, and arguments and fights break out. Others worry that there may not even be a seat available for them on the bus. We shall never all get in, one woman whines. Some bargain and try to cheat others to get one step closer to the bus that still has not arrived. Our narrator slowly advances along in line, one step at a time, as he encounters all sorts of odd characters. And so this bleak town is woken up when a vehicle finally arrives, a bus blazing with light, golden with the promise of good news, resplendent in regal purple and gilding, and the driver beams brightly. Those waiting are, are not impressed, but pick at the appearance of the driver and the bus. They mutter, what a waste of money on a gaudy bus. And that driver, he must be so pleased with himself. But the bus driver is unfazed and, and waves everybody to come on. And of course, the passengers fight. They are clamoring to find their place on the bus. 
our narrator discovers with all the chaos and he is now the very last one to climb up the steps onto the bus and yet when he gets up there he finds there are just tons of seats still available as the book continues the bus takes off literally lifting off into the air and they all journey together for some time it's not a peaceful journey there are brawls tense conversations and even gunshots ring out along the way I just imagine these bullets just ricocheting everywhere they eventually land and try to adjust to the place of their arrival and the pitiful occupants from the bus see that they are more like ghosts in this new light surrounded by a lush landscape with all sorts of growing things green grass trees waterfalls and streams there are lions and even a pack of unicorns and I learned that a pack of unicorns I looked this up do y'all know what this is a pack of unicorns is called a blessing of unicorns and I really of course of course I love that <laughs> the travelers bodies they are almost transparent with a smudge or two of opaqueness but not much more they are like dirt on a window pane and everything around them is so solid it's it's so real that that even walking on the grass is quite painful for them they are truly more like ghosts our narrator included and he watches as the ghosts are met by different bright shining souls who have no problem navigating their surroundings these bright ones they try to teach and guide the weak travelers gently nudging them to leave their misconceptions their earthly wants and desires that weigh them down this will not serve them in this new place past misunderstandings disagreements and hurts it is clear that all of the ghosts are carrying something whether they know it or not and they must they must leave it all behind if they want to flourish here the guides they they continue they gently persuade them to see things differently to abandon what is keeping them immobile and some ghosts balk or refuse clinging to their desperate need to hold on to their spiritual baggage and thus they continue to diminish some are so stuck in their ways that they cannot continue at all with their guides and they even wish to return to the empty bus but some they still have a bit of a spark and there's hope that they will be able to leave these old things behind the ones who do this will continue on and become like the solid ones who are at peace full of love and hope and light we find that in today's gospel Peter he's struggling with his own spiritual luggage he isn't keen on seeing Jesus as the one who will suffer who will be rejected and he's definitely not okay with the thought of Jesus's death even with the promise of resurrection Peter has spent day after day following Jesus he did not hesitate in pronouncing Jesus as the Messiah 
But in this passage from Mark, we see that there are some things that this disciple hasn't yet abandoned. He's coming to understand that his earthly conceptions of a Messiah do not line up with the plans of the one standing before him. Unlike earthly kings who would be concerned about risking their own necks, Jesus will not avoid suffering and death to accomplish his goals. And this is difficult for Peter. And although there's been some back and forth at times about Jesus' identity being revealed, in this moment and moving forward, Jesus isn't trying to be mysterious about who he is or what he's doing. He's speaking plainly about what his future holds, what he's willing to leave behind, what he will abandon in faithfulness. Our Lord will not be bound he will not be tied to anything that would stand in his way of love, even if this leads him to the cross. So Jesus now sternly rebukes Peter. He must not do anything that would get in the way of his divine mission. The suffering and brutality that Jesus will face in his passion will also be met by God's long-range plan that includes defeat and death and making the beloved creation new. And this is part of an eternal timetable that is difficult for us to fathom. Perhaps at some point, usually it's most uncomfortable in a, in a job interview, you may be asked, what is your, your five-year plan or, or what are your future goals in life? And that's the point where I usually forget like, what my name is and why I am there. Maybe you have all this figured out. Maybe it's just me. But our culture seems to demand that we have some sort of idea of where we are going, even if we aren't really sure what the rest of the day is going to hold for us. But God is thinking of us with great love and care always. God is busily placing our lives on a different timeline for us. And for that, I say thanks be to God. A timeline, one that, that far surpasses our own earthly desires and our limited dreams. Like Peter, we can often get caught up in this world. And sometimes the things that tie us down feel overwhelming and never-ending. Suffering may be right in front of us. We may struggle with difficult relationships or our, our finances, our health or a loved one's illness or death, our grief, pain. They may sometimes feel like daily battlegrounds we face and the path of this mortal life when we know it is not always neat and tidy. And like Peter, we are often more comfortable envisioning interventions and outcomes that are familiar or at least imaginable, even if they are not what we ultimately really need to transform our lives. Peter still wants to hear the tale of a king who cannot suffer and die. Instead, Jesus is telling the story of the one who boldly takes up his cross. The posture of the one who will bear the cross 
His path is free from stumbling blocks, free from spiritual baggage. Jesus is light. He is clear-eyed, and his mission is long-term. He picks up the cross because he knows who he is, and, and his life and his actions lead him there. He picks up the cross because love and justice have lost their home. Creation and humanity have become pale, diminished, window-smudged versions of what they were created to be. And for things to continue in that manner, in God's eyes, well, that is just unacceptable. God's love will not be hampered by any earthly power. So during this season of Lent, we often think about things that we might give up or take on, and there's nothing wrong with that. However, you might take time to examine your own luggage, as C.S. Lewis would say. What are you hanging on to? What do you need to put down? What do you need to hand over to God? We must journey light, my friends. If we want to follow Jesus and take up our own cross, we must leave some things behind so that there's room for more, for God's dream to unfold for us, room for new beginnings, room for us to be Christ to each other and to heal this hurt world. You cannot take all the luggage with you on all journeys. So let us put something down. Put just, just something down and take up love.